You are listening to From Sobriety to Recovery with Jesse Mogul, episode 43. Welcome to the show. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the show. I am your host, Jesse Mogul, and I am in addiction recovery. It is a pleasure to have you back for episode 43. We are going to knock out 44 of these this year. Now there's 52 weeks in a year, so I did not realize that I had missed seven weeks, eight, eight weeks this year. Um, not bad, not bad, considering it's been a pretty hectic year with everything that I've been going through, whether it be in my sobriety and recovery, whether it be in my life coaching and speaking career, whether it be in all the various side hustles I have to to make it in LA and, and be able to pay my rent. There's been a lot going on and it has been a wonderful year. Um, we're going to be doing a bit of a reboot of the show next week. Not, we're not going to change anything. Um, maybe just, I'm starting to learn better ways at teaching and better ways at speaking. And so I'm definitely going to have an opportunity to bring some of that knowledge into the podcast. And hopefully um, I find a way to be more succinct with my ideas and what I'm trying to convey to you all so that um, I continue to increase the value that I bring and at the same time not get lost in a myriad of stories or examples, uh, going off on tangents where you completely forget what the heck I was talking about that even got me on that story. So I'm going to be putting a lot of effort into the episodes next year. Um, Not like I haven't been putting effort into them already, but I'm really looking at um, shoring up you know, some of the things that I think I could be doing better. And I'm really looking forward to introducing those to you uh, next week whenever um, we do episode 44, which is going to be a redo of the pilot. Now, one of the reasons why I'm looking forward to doing a reboot of the pilot is because I'm noticing every single month, every week, Um, but definitely every month as I'm watching my statistics for the podcast is that I'm still getting a lot of listens to the pilot, meaning that when people find this show, they're going back into the archives and they're grabbing out the pilot to figure out what it is this show's all about. And I haven't listened to the pilot since I shot it. And so I don't even know what I promised people, what I talked about. And so there's a bit of a concern, and again, haven't gone back and listened to it yet, that the show has morphed into something different than what I you know, had spoken about back on January 1st, 2019. And so figuring that if I label the, the January 1st, 2020 episode pilot, people will also listen to that one and have a chance to see where the show has grown over the last year because it has been a fantastic journey and I really do so appreciate every one of you who's been listening, uh, whether you have come in recently or have been here since the beginning. Uh, The numbers don't lie. I'm definitely starting to uh, capture more ears um, and I'm seeing a more consistent up growth in the listens per episode. And so that's telling me that uh, I'm being discovered, whether Spotify, if you're listening to me on there, thank you so much because uh, Spotify was something that the software Podbean offered to me. And um, it was an afterthought. I didn't even really think too much about Spotify whenever they said, you know, click this button and we'll put your podcast on Spotify. And it turns out I'm getting like 
70% of my listens through Spotify. So thank you all so much who found me on Spotify. Um, I did not realize how uh, valuable that app was going to be in the growth of this podcast. And so it's been phenomenal. So next week, we're going to do a pilot part two. And I will have gone back by then and listened to pilot part one, the first episode ever. And so then um, I'll be able to come at you and discuss you know, where I see this show going. Um, I'm going to be looking to bring on people in addiction recovery, moving into year two. Um, one of my really great friends, Sue Mandel, she's a life coach and a, and a speaker as well. She goes to addiction centers. She speaks to people. She's got well over 30 years in um, her sobriety to recovery game. And it's going to be an honor to have her come on the show. I, I might make her a frequent guest because she's got some great ideas and a whole new perspective to addiction recovery than me, right? We all have a different perspective. And that's the brilliance of addiction recovery is that we all have our own paths. We all have our own style for how we're doing it. The key is that we're doing it, right? You know, it reminds me of when I was a skate into skateboarding back in my teenage years, you know, many, many moons ago, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, people would always say, you know, you, you develop your own style in skateboarding. And I didn't quite understand what that meant at the time because, you know, a 540 kickflip is a 540 kickflip. You know, the trick is the trick. But how you wear your clothes, how you do your feet, regular goofy foot, um, you know, the way that you go in and out of the trick, that's where your style shows up. And, you know, ultimately, yes, a 540 kickflip is a 540 kickflip no matter who does it. But the style of how you got it in, into it and what you're doing while you uh, accomplish the trick and then coming out of it, that is your own flair. And that's where what we're doing is our own flair. Right. The the idea is that we're all abstaining from alcohol and drugs and addiction addictive substances, um, but it's not just about abstaining, guys. It's it's about going down into the depths of yourself and figuring out what it was that coerced you towards the addictive lifestyle to begin with, and if that means diving in deep and pulling up some things that are traumatic and hurt. But it it's got to be done. It's so worth it because through that re not reliving because it's a past experience and it's not like it's happening now, but through that, through that remembering of it and going back and, and diving into what that meant to you and, and what that ultimately changed about you. And then, you know, seeing how you can look at it differently now and come to terms with that and be okay with the choices that you've made and then moving forward and figuring out, you know, how to, uh, live with that memory and not letting it hold you down anymore. You know, it's always about life choices. Today, me and one of my friends at work was were talking about uh, we made the right life choices by not having children. Uh, I'm not much of a kid guy. Um, I know a lot of people who are, and that's more power to you. you know, the, the patience I have watched parents show their children over this holiday season is remarkable. So more power to you if you can do it. Um, I'm not something that I fancy, so I'm just not into it. Um, but it got me thinking about how all choices in our lives are ours. They are our choices, and it's what we want to do with our life, and it's not anyone else's uh, right to tell you 
um, how you should be living or not living your life. Um, if you found this show, you already knew how you were living your life wasn't right. You didn't need 150 people to tell you that. Um, if it took an intervention, if it took people stepping in and saying something to you, that's, that's, that wasn't wrong of them, uh, but it also wasn't necessarily necessary because you probably already knew it wasn't right. Um, and if it didn't, you're, it's only because you lacked a sense of self-awareness, um, which our society has shown <laughs> that we definitely know how to be uh, unaware of our own uh, issues. <laughs> and so, um, you know, if somebody stepped in and said something to you and you were like, oh, my God, I didn't realize that doing heroin all the time was bad. Uh, more than likely, that was not the situation in that we all saw that we were having errors in our ways. Um, it was It's some sort of catalyst needed to show up. And so I'm really looking forward to discussing more about this and being able to do it in such a way that um, it's succinct and that you guys can follow what I'm saying. Because I do go off on little tangents like, maybe I just did. Like I right, like I started talking about the new podcast, and then I started talking about Sue, and then about how we all have our own style of sobriety and recovery, and, and now I'm starting to talk about you know uh, whether we needed to actually have an intervention or whether we always realize and like did all that tie it together for you? Did did it capture you and 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 resonate with you in a way where you weren't confused by what I was saying? And and that's really important to me because I get. A lot of, I, I mean, I am constantly reading and learning about addiction recovery and personal growth and self development stuff. And the whole reason I started this show was really just to be a diary of the things that I was learning and going through along the way and being able to, to put it out there and be vulnerable so that it may help someone, right? Just one person, one life saved is a life well lived. And um, I've already been reached out to by many about how they've used this show as one of the anchors in their sobriety and recovery. I've had multiple friends get sober over the last three years since I did, and they've they've all gotten a hold of me and said that I, I have played a part, a role in that. Um, I, I get shivers and chills thinking about that because uh, for me, I just knew I had to stop using so I didn't die. And for it to have resonated with, with my friends and, and those closest to me to the point where they started to see that they also had an issue. And in many cases, in fact, all of the cases, none of these people lived near me and I had no idea what was going on in their lives on a day-to-day basis. And yet they were also suffering from the same, um, they were also going through the same suffering right? That, that's what my therapist said. The one thing we all have in common is that we're suffering. And we got into addiction recovery to end the suffering. It doesn't mean that life gets any easier. It just means that we're not doing it with a hangover or high or drunk. And that's going to be a great segue into relationships and spiritual. If you've been following the show linear, linearly, you'll know, one, I have a really hard time pronouncing linear, lin, lin linearly linearly i cannot i I can't i only say it right about every six out of ten times um if you've been listening to this show linearly then you know that i'm going over my life's blueprint and i've got um my life broken down into three spheres career self-relationship with each one of those spheres having four components physical emotional mental and spiritual and 
We've knocked out self with physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, each one of them having their own episode. And you can go back in the archives. It's been the last six episodes. And we've gotten through relationships. We've done physical and emotional. And when I did physical with relationships, it touched on spirituality. But I really want to dive into that for the rest of this episode because we just finished up Christmas. That was yesterday. And I would love to have gotten this out on uh, Tuesday morning like I generally do. But unfortunately, the holidays just got away from me, and I've learned to release expectations on myself and be okay with the fact that I can't always um, meet the demands I place on myself. I highly doubt anyone was sitting at their computer Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. waiting for this episode to go live. If you were, <laughs> I do really sincerely apologize. Uh, I was just, I was, I ran out of bandwidth and I just had to focus on um, the immediate um, needs, wants, and desires of myself and the people in my life. Um, so if you were waiting, here it is. Um, this should be out. Um, this is where we, where are we sitting at Thursday now? It'll be out Friday. Anyways, that's one of those tangents I was talking about. Um, <laughs> so when we think about relationship spiritual, and I touched upon this a little bit a minute ago, that we start thinking about our own style and whether you had to have somebody step in and put on an intervention for you, whether lots of people had to tell you that there was a problem and that they wanted you to seek help or whether you saw it within yourself. Um, in my show notes, I've got down here, the first question I ask is, are the relationships in your life lining up with the new person you are becoming and striving to become each and every day? And one of the reasons that I chose spirit relationship spiritual for today's topic over uh, relationship mental or any of the four career options that I had was because one of my, uh, the same coworker I was talking to this morning at work, um, she made a point of saying that if she had heard somewhere, some, something that she had learned was that, um, oh yeah, we're both listening to this, um, this audio book on Audible by a, uh, by Carolyn Miss. Let me, let me pull this up real fast. Carolyn Miss, M-Y-S-S, called The Courage to Confront Evil. It is amazing. It's all about the shadow self and how it sabotages you. And that's just a really vague summary because this book is amazing. Um, and it sounds like it was recorded at a workshop or whatever. But um, something that this friend of mine had uh, heard in it was that if a toxic person um, decides to leave your life, stop communicating with you, cut you off, um, rather than be hurt and try to chase them down and figure out why, be thankful that they did that for you. And when we think about relationships and spiritual, it goes down to, are these people living the same kind of life that you now want to live? You know, you are very familiar with my three pillars of my addiction recovery, gratitude, humility, and integrity. I've talked about them throughout this entire year. And as you begin to embrace um, gratefulness, um, humility, and integrity, you have to ask yourself if the people you're surrounding yourself are also paying attention to their gratitude, their humility, and their integrity. A lot of the times, and I find myself doing this, and so I wonder if you guys do it as well, that because so many people tolerated a less than great version of Jesse, that throughout my years of addiction, that I feel like I should give everybody um, leeway for not behaving as well as I would like for them to be around me, right? Like they can behave however they want to be 
that that's up to them. They're living their own life, just like you led your own life while you were addicted for all of those years. But now we're not, or now we're working towards it, or wherever I'm finding you, you know, you're not addicted anymore to those. I mean, yes, you know, AA will have you introducing yourself as I am an addict from here till eternity. I choose a different way of introducing myself. Hi, my name is Jesse. I am in addiction recovery, right? Because I'm not going to be telling my mind that I'm still an addict whenever I'm in addiction recovery. You can't simultaneously say I have cancer and I'm also in cancer recovery, that I'm also in remission, right? You can't have cancer and also be in remission. Those two don't exist at the same time. They can't exist in the same plane of existence. It, It doesn't work that way. So you can't simultaneously say that you're in addiction recovery and then go around and tell everybody that you're an addict, right? That's my philosophy. I know a lot of people agree with it. I also know a lot of people disagree with it. However you want to see it, this also goes to my next line in in my show notes is, would you rather be right or would you rather connect? See, if you hear me say that you can't say that you're an addict and also be in an addiction recovery and something that was told to you in AA or refuge or smart or in one of your meetings or one by one of your therapists or by your sponsor. If they say, no, no, that is not the way it works. You have to be an addict. You have to tell yourself an addict. If you release the idea that you're an addict, you will go back to using because you will think that you have conquered addiction. (laughs) Would you rather be right or would you rather connect? Would you rather argue with me in the way I see it? Or would you rather connect with me and have a conversation about why I see it the way I do? Because if you say, no, I have to always say I'm an addict, because if I let that go, then I might go back. Oh, man, let's have that conversation. I'm not going to sit here and argue with you that my way is the right way. Because it's, it's the right way for me, but it may not be the right way for you. You might decide that you need to constantly remind yourself that you're an addict for the rest of your life because, heaven forbid, if one day you say, I'm, I'm just in addiction recovery. I'm not even saying for you to say that you're no longer, that you're healed, right? I mean, even people who are in cancer remission, have always they always have to be worried that it can come back. They've got to be mindful and follow their proper care of themselves to keep it at bay as long as possible. Right, cancer is one of those things that can come back up any time. Our society is full of poisons. Goodness gracious, we don't know why we get breast cancer, testicular cancer, prostate cancer, lung. Well, lung cancer, everyone says, is cigarettes. But if you live in Los Angeles, it could be smog. Right? We don't know why the body triggers the cancer, and when it goes into remission, we're glad it's gone, but it could come back. I get that that's how addiction is. You let your guard down and you think you can have one drink or one puff or one shoot up and all of a sudden everything, oh, I can control this. Well, no. We know that we had to release this to a higher power so that we could begin to negotiate and and manage our way through this addiction recovery process, right? I'm not necessarily a, a, a devout believer in God or Jesus, any of the religions, uh, but I definitely believe in a universal energy. There is a there is a, there is a guiding force and a guiding power and an energy to this entire cosmos, and, and I'm blessed to be a part of it. Um, I don't necessarily know what that looks like up there or in the afterlife or whatever, and that's not what this episode's about. But it is definitely about understanding that whatever you've decided to release it, and however you want to talk about your addiction recovery is fine. I'm a believer that we shouldn't go around and tell ourselves that we're an addict when we're also simultaneously telling ourselves that we're in addiction recovery, right? You can't look in the mirror and say, wow, this suit makes me look really, you know, this suit makes me look ugly and this suit makes me look good. 
you can't look ugly and pretty at the same time. You're either you either believe that you look ugly or you believe that you look pretty. I vote we always say that we look pretty. I say we all we all start telling people that we're in addiction recovery, right? It's it's just something that you're you're telling you're saying words that your mind is then absorbing and is believing. So it's it's whether it's the way you talk to yourself that really matters. Again, one of these tangents. I'm not even sure if I've stuck to the original topic, um, but man, I just it's like this stuff just starts to come out. So back to why this is relationship and spiritual, because we're going into the new year. You finished up your holiday season. Again, would love to have gotten this out on Tuesday because when you get around your friends and family members for the holidays, you know what does what do the conversations revolve around? And always be asking yourself, always remember this. Would you rather be right or would you rather connect? If you're a Republican or a Democrat, are you going to argue till you're blue in the face about why your side is right and the other side is wrong? And because you have to be right. You have to be right about what about the Democrat or the Republican stance. You have to be right. The moment you get into that kind of mentality, there is no connection. You're emotionally triggered, and then the conversation stops. You're just arguing with someone else, and you're not getting at the core reason why they believe that way. And this, is, and this goes into how we relate to others. The way we relate is first to ourselves, then to other people, then to our past. Right, whether we are putting people up or down, it's not healthy. Okay, it's it's absolutely imperative that we build a strategy to be equal to others and to see and to see them as equals, to be equals to them whenever we interact with them. Even people you're not interacting with. If you see a famous celebrity on the television or a politician, right, you're an equal to them. I know it's hard to think that because they've got more money or nicer cars, but in the end, we all need to eat, we all need to sleep, we all need to poop, we all need to drink water, we all need to breathe oxygen. In the end, zombie apocalypse goes down, and we're all hiding in the woods, freezing our asses off, wishing we had clean water and some freaking beef jerky, right? No amount of money, no amount of boats, no amount of cars is going to stop the walking dead from getting to every single one of us. Right? So whether you're putting people up or down, either way, it's not healthy. It's imperative that you build a strategy to be equal and to see yourselves as an equal to everyone. Right? This is where the gratitude, humility, and the integrity come in. If you have the integrity to be doing what is right, even though no one else is watching, right, then you're living the highest version of yourself. If you're humble, no matter what you've accomplished, right, then you're going to feel and be able to connect with anyone. You're not going to feel the need to be right. You're going to want to connect because you're humble and you realize that we all have different experiences. We all lived something within our lives that brought us to this show, that brought us to this moment in our lives where we had to get into addiction recovery. Having a humility strength inside of you to realize that you're not always right regardless of what side you want you want to stand up on. Yes, you can you can sit here, some people will hear me say that and think, well, the Nazis were always wrong. And absolutely, absolutely, that kind of mentality is not condu- conducive to a thriving society. Having people in our society who think that they're better than other people stri- strictly because of race, creed, uh, color of their skin, education, that it's just not healthy. It's not 
And it, and it blows my mind when people think that it is. Because sit in one of those meetings with somebody from every religion and somebody from every race and look around that room and you all have, we all have this in common. We all are suffering. We're all addicted. No one's better. We've all woken up in an alley or we've woken up under our car. Or we've woken up broke or we pissed our bed or we vomited on our television or we broke things or we acted and behaved in a way that was not what, how we wanted to. And we look back and we're like, why the frick did I make those decisions? We, that's, that is how we can all see each other as equals is by remembering that we've all reached a breaking point. We've all hit our own version of rock bottom. And right, and then the gratitude. Be thankful. My friend the other, the other day was telling me about how you know she, we we she she gets down on herself about not having her bills paid, about not being caught up on her credit cards, about not having the best job that she's wanted. You know, so all these things about her life, and she's coming out of a convenience store and she sees somebody begging for change, and she's like immediately I was just humbled. And I was just so grateful that I have a car and I have a roof over my head and I have two kittens waiting at home to purr on me and I have a refrigerator full of food and I have friends that I can spend the holidays with, right? If, you, if you're having a hard time with gratitude, just go walk the streets of your town and look at some of the people who spend their lives waiting on a bus or spend their lives, you know, oh, waiting on someone to be generous and give them a dollar or two so that they can eat, right? I mean, and if you're, if you're one of those people, God bless you and realize, I don't think that I'm better than you just because I have a computer in front of me and a microphone in my mouth. I don't, okay? Because I've woken up and been at that bus bus stop. I have been in an alleyway and woken up covered in my own piss and vomit. I have seen the depths of despair that I can have in my own life. And yes, I was blessed that I could at least crawl my way back home and be inside of a warm house. But there are infinite ways that that could have been different. I look back and I'm just so grateful that I was able to keep my own stuff together enough and I was that I was a functioning enough alcoholic and drug addict that I was able to keep a roof over my head. But just one or two things go sideways and that may not have been the case. And I don't have a hometown. I don't have a I don't have my childhood home waiting for me. I don't have family members that are waiting to open up the door and have me stay with them for a few months while I figure out what I want to do with my life. I don't have the those things and a lot of us probably don't. And those that do, again, not pro or con. Just going back to what I just said, it is extremely healthy and it's imperative, in fact, that we build a strategy to be seen as equals to one another and that no one is better. See, if we have confidence in ourselves, then we don't pedestal up or down anyone. Confidence means that we see everyone as an equal, right? If we find ourselves in a place where we feel like we shouldn't be there, then we beat ourselves up and we have sadness about our future. We have sadness about the choices we made. We just, we overall, we take this depressing, defeated energy within ourselves, right? Instead of just having the confidence that we can figure this out, you can figure this out. I cannot stress this enough. If you are in the beginning stages or you have been sober and you're in recovery for years and you're not happy with your personal appearance, you think you're a little bit chunky, you're not happy with your relationships, you think you've got toxic people around you, you're not happy with your job because you don't think they appreciate you enough or you don't feel challenged enough and you're just mailing it in when you go in, right? You can figure this out. It has to mean enough for you to want to change it. 
right? I mean, that's when change occurs, right? When we finally just get to the point where we're like, I cannot deal with this anymore. We did it with addiction. We finally stepped in and said, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore, right? Relapse or not, I am going to keep trying at this until I finally figure it out because by God, I know that there is a better way out there for me. Right? If you've already done that or you're thinking about doing that, then you're already well on your way to one day saying, I've got a day, a month, a year. You're that is possible. You know it is. So don't tell me that you don't you can't look at yourself in the mirror and say, I can lose this 20 pounds I don't like on me. I can cut that toxic person out of my life. I can find another job that will fulfill me and make my life seem rich and vibrant. Privately, we always are relating to ourselves. We're thinking about our past, and then we're relating that to our present, and then that also pushes dreams about what we can accomplish in the future, right? So if you're looking back and you're saying, well, I don't think I can accomplish blah, blah, blah in the future, and you're sitting on the couch and you're not in action mode, you're not ready to take massive action, because none of these changes will happen if you don't take massive action. If you have toxic people in your life, then you have to be willing to let them go. I don't care if it's your brother or your sister or your mom and your dad. I don't care if it's your significant other. If they are toxic to you and everybody is allowed their own definition of toxic, if you feel that it is toxic and you have tried to relate with them, you've gone into it with a, I don't need to be right. I just want to connect kind of mentality, right? But if they constantly are wanting to remind you of the addict that you were and not support you and be ready to watch you as you move into this new version of yourself, then you need to make the decision about whether to let them go. And if you happen to be someone whose family member, whose loved one is in, a, is in addiction recovery or is trying to get sober, whatever it might be, if you're the non-addict, and again, we've all, we're all addicts about something, but if you're not the one with the, the serious problem here and you're listening to this show to gain ideas and an aptitude for being able to relate to your addicted loved one better, then realize, I, and this is going to suck, and, I, and I, I'm sorry to say it, but at some point, you have to stop enabling and you just have to walk away. It is one of the most powerful things that you can do for yourself to say that my self-care is more important than somebody else's. See, publicly, we relate to others instinctively, right? We, how we relate to ourselves, we begin to use that how we publicly relate to others, Right, so whenever you're out there and you're and you're wondering, well, I wonder why I treat this person this way, but this that person that way, then start act, asking yourself when you're in private and you see somebody on and you see a certain colored skin person on television or a certain religion shown about on television, a certain sexuality shown about, what are some of the internal in your mind judgments you have about that as soon as it shows up on screen? Because no matter how you, too much you try to fight it, it's going to show itself when you're in public. Instinctively, we treat people the way we are internally, one, treating ourselves, and two, we have treated people who look similarly, act similarly to the person we just saw in the past. If I've always been, you know, shied away from other white dudes, right? And then, uh, then I, and I talk nasty about them in my head. And then all of a sudden I'm in the gym and somebody who looks a lot like me comes walking in and I beat myself up and I have negative self-talk. And then I'm, I'm always judging other people who look like me. Then all of a sudden this other person walks in and I already have these preconceived instinctual like decisions I've made about who that person is. 
all because of how I treat myself and the internal conversation I have about people who look like me in my head. How does this affect us emotionally? It puts us on guard. It fills us up with anxiety. And that's that's not how you want to walk through life full of anxiety, full of hatred and dislike for someone whom you don't even know. I was raised in the South. Um, it, it bums me out. It seriously appalls me, in fact, that people who are white and people who are black just go into it that who will you know, walk up to one another and they might, they might act a little friendly, but they'll walk away and they'll say some pretty mean stuff about one another. And it's like, man, we all need to eat, sleep, poop, drink water and breathe. Zombie apocalypse goes down. We're all cold in the forest. Treat others like they're equals. Treat others like you want to be treated. Put that energy out there. Go into these family reunions for the holidays. Go into the new year realizing that if you treat others like you want to be treated, not all of them will reciprocate. They, they just won't because they won't believe in what you believe in. But it's better to serve everyone. It's better if we treated people like this. It's a better service to humanity to treat people like we want to be treated and not look down on other people. We despise being judged and looked down upon, yet we do it to other people. We pedestal ourselves and build our confidence on the, on the premises or the assumption that we are better than other people when in fact we're not. You might look at somebody who's, who's different color than you or at a meeting um, who dresses nicer than you and assume that they have, they've got it on easy street and their life has always been cake until they open their mouths and they start telling you their story and you realize, oh my goodness, there's so many parallels. There are tons of addicts in Plano, Texas, where my dad used to live, and they live in gigantic McMansions. Right, And just because they're more comfortable and they've got a warm, nice bed and they're not worrying about their bills does not make their addiction and their suffering any better or worse than someone who would be living in the inner city in what they might consider a slum or, or, or a, you know, a broken down home. Right, Yes, the one person's got a warm bed and the other person might have a very unwarm bed. But in the end, they're all laying, we're all laying in bed detoxing alone, shaking, vomiting, whatever fluid is coming out of us, right? We're not better than anyone. If we buy into the idea that the quality of our life is based upon the quality of our relationships, life is way better. Let me repeat that. The quality of our lives is based upon the quality of our relationships to ourselves, to our loved ones, our friends, our family members, to acquaintances, to our barber, to our mechanic, to our dentist, our doctor, the person you see at the grocery store all the time, right? Just because they're the ones who are beep, beep, beep in your food across the way and you've got yourself a nice job uh, or does not make you better than them. Every single person in society is necessary in order for society to function. If we all had master's degrees, someone would still need to beep, beep, beep our groceries at the store, and somebody would need to deliver our pizzas. Someone would have to fix our car. Someone would have to drill our teeth. It does not matter. If every single person had a freaking PhD, then, then there'd be no garbage men, and our whole freaking planet would stink, and we'd all have diphtheria <laughs> or the Black Plague, and society would break down. Every single human being has a place in this world. Don't judge them when you see them. Don't try to be right. Connect. But if there are toxic people in your life, and I'm going to wrap this up, 
If there are toxic people in your life, you need to decide whether it's time to let them go or not. See, be careful about judging them as toxic. Right? Judgments, uh, are judgments always about putting people down? No. Judgments can also build people up. But in the process of building people up, that means we have to be putting ourselves down. In our minds, if we're saying, oh my gosh, you know, they have such a nice car and they have such nice clothes and they have such a nice job, right? It's inherently inside of us to say, wow, I don't have those things. You can build somebody up, but that usually means that you need, you don't have to necessarily tear yourself down, but you've definitely put them on a pedestal. And if you're willingly putting somebody on a pedestal, then you're putting them above you. And if you're also judging somebody to put them down, then you're putting yourself on the pedestal. Pedestals don't exist. It is a fallacy. It is make-believe. We are doing it so that we can feel better about ourselves or so that we can feel worse about ourselves. And yes, it is definitely possible to want to feel worse about yourself. It is definitely a, a behavior that people will have, will cling on to, well, I'm just horrible and I always have bad luck and well, shit always hits the fan for me and everybody else always seems to be riding on easy street. We can play that victim mentality crap only so long until we realize it's our choices that have led us to our lives. No matter what tragedy has befallen you, it was your choice to behave the way that you did after the fact. Because somebody else out there has lived through the a very similar experience and done it a completely different way. I will never forget when I was in CrossFit, somebody used to wear a shirt that says, that said, relax right now. Somebody out there is warming up with your max. And it just, it really humbled me to realize that even if, you know, I'm warming up with a hundred pounds, right? Somebody else is out there in my max is 200 pounds, whatever. The lift doesn't matter. Just We're just using numbers here. If I'm warming up with 100 and then my max is 200, somebody's out there warming up with 200. There's always somebody out there who is doing something differently. And it's not necessarily better or worse. It's just where they're at in their life. And look, I really need to make this absolutely, honestly, perfectly clear. I do not have all of this stuff on lockdown. I catch myself with the negative self-talk in my head. I catch myself judging everyone. At some point, uh, somebody, it doesn't matter about race, creed, religion, color, whatever could be different. There will be a time, right? It doesn't happen all the time, but man, out of nowhere, wham! I'll just catch, I'll just catch myself saying something inside my head that is just not polite, that is not right, and I don't know where it comes from. I don't know where it was programmed. I don't know what, what, what I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't know how to explain it, right? But I, and I just know that it's not right. I know that if I'm living with integrity and humility and gratitude, that having negative talk about other people in my head is not something I'm willing to condone. And I, I'll hear myself think it, and then I'll have a conversation with myself. Why did you just think that? Why on earth would you look at that person and snap judge anything about them? You don't know anything about them other than what you can visually see. And that does not, that does not give you the full story. So as we're moving through this episode and into next week's part, part two of the pilot, I just want you to really be thinking about the people that you're surrounding yourself with, right? Are they helping you become the best version of yourself? 
and, and who you're striving to become every day, right? Think when you start to judge somebody in your head or even judge you, would you rather be right or would you rather connect and choose connection, 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 choose connection. And if the people aren't living their life with the gratitude, humility, integrity, and the other things that you value, you don't have to argue till you're blue in their face to try to get them to act the way you want them to act. You can just choose to stop spending your time with them. Time is the most valuable commodity we have on the planet, and it is a non-renewable resource. So when you start thinking about the way that you relate to others and yourself and other people and your past, it is imperative, and I will say this again, that you build a strategy so that you can see yourself as an equal to everyone and so that you can present yourself as an equal to them when you go to interact. It is absolutely important that you figure that out. And again, you just because, because you think someone's toxic, you might say, well, Jesse, that means you're judging them. You're not judging them on anything other than the way, and it's not even really a judgment. You're literally having an interaction with them, and you hear the way that they talk. And you might say, well, you know, that, the way they talk, I don't like it, and I'm not going to be around them anymore. And, well, Jesse, that's a judgment. Is it? Or it is, a, is it a fact? When they come around me, they're constantly complaining about, about Jeep Cherokees. And they would just never stop complaining about Jeep Cherokees. And I, all I want them to do is stop complaining about that, and they just will not stop. And I try to have a conversation with them and figure out why they care so much about that topic, but they just never stop. And, you know, I just don't think I want to be around it because I don't want to constantly be talking about Jeep Cherokees. Now, I struggle to figure out, I was almost said red balls and then blue balls, but then that seemed sexual. So I dropped it and I just went, okay, what about Jeep Cherokee? It could be anything. I, this person's always complaining about the Christmas tree shedding on their carpet and I just don't want to be around it anymore. It's not a judgment. It's a fact. They talk about things that you don't want to talk about. They aren't bringing value to your life. So you have to let them go. Somebody's going to see that about you as well. And if a toxic person decides to remove themselves from your life, be okay with that. Don't go seeking an answer as to why. They may have seen you as toxic, right? Or you may have done one thing that set them off, and now they want you to come crawling back for their toxic relationship. You don't need, don't do it. Have gratitude, have humility, have integrity, but also know when enough is enough. Don't judge that person. And say, well, I'm not going to hang out with them anymore because they drive a Jeep Cherokee and I only drive a Kia Sorento. All right, that's judgment. That, that has nothing to do with nothing. But if they're bringing negative energy your way and it's something that you feel and it resonates through your bones and you're like, I can't do this anymore, then don't. And it might be painful and they might argue with you because they probably enjoyed beating up on you uh, they probably enjoyed using you as a punching bag. They probably enjoyed using you as a as a as a sounding board, but that's not what you're here for. You're here to be into your addiction recovery so deeply that it is your self care and you first and foremost that always comes first. Because if you don't put yourself first, no one else will. And if you're not taking care of yourself, you will not be 100%. You will not be the best version of yourself. And that's not what you got into this to do. 
So that's it. We're going to let it go because I could get here on my little bully pulpit the entire time. Um, again, I really feel like I got off on a, on a lot of tangents there. I do really uh, look forward to um, figuring out uh, ways to maybe break some of this stuff up into multiple shows. Um, and just alone talking about toxic people and, you know, and how to figure out if someone's toxic. You know, and, and look, if you're asking, okay, Jesse, you've given me the why and the what. How do I know if someone's toxic? You know. Write down the pros and the cons to why that person's in your life. Write down the pros and the cons. You know, is that person always complaining? Is that person always ridiculing others? Is that person constantly gossiping? Is that person, what is it that they're doing around you that is grinding your gears? And then figure out if that's a judgment you're placing on them or is it a fact? Is it a reality of the situation and they don't want to change because you, you know you can't make them change? So you just choose to walk away. I have no doubt plenty of people did that to you while you were an addict. And that's not a fault on them. Any more than it was a fault on you for being an addict. Life is what life is. But we all have to make a choice about what's healthy for us. And as we move into the new year, I want you to be the focus of your life. You are the number one priority in your life. If you have children and you're constantly running them around and taking care of them and not prioritizing yourself and then you're 50% energy all the time and you feel run down and run ragged, then you're not being the best version of yourself for them. When you could be reading them a, a book at night or talking to them about their day, you're vegging out on the couch because you, you have no energy and they're missing out on the best version of you in order for you to what, take them to every single practice, be there for, for them every single moment they say, mommy, mommy, daddy, daddy. You know, at some point, the little bird has to fly. You're flying. You figured out how to do it without anyone else holding your hand. And if somebody did hold your hand, bless you. But at some point, you still have to do it on your own. So check yourself and your relationships and make sure that they're as healthy as possible because this is not just the end of a, of a year. It's the end of a decade. And more importantly, it's the beginning of a new year and a new decade. And that's only five days away. All right, guys, that's it. That's our relationship spiritual. Please hit me up um, on Instagram at From Sobriety to Recovery. Let me know what you're thinking about this. Uh, let me know. Do you guys think I go off on too many tangents? Um, do I get you lost in, in too much detail? Because uh, one of my live coaches today was talking about how um, when we go off on too many tangents, it becomes self-serving, almost like we just like to hear our own voice. And uh, I really hope that that's not what I'm doing. I definitely am trying to check myself before I wreck myself. <laughs> Sorry, I watched a movie called The Night Before the other day, and they said that quote in there. Um, all right, that's it. That's the end. Write down on a list pros and cons of that person being in your life, and make sure you're not judging them. Make sure that you are just experiencing them for whoever they are, and then just decide, is this the kind of person you want in your life? It's, it's, it, it doesn't have to come from a place of judgment. It, it just have it come from a place of self-care. Right, it's all about the intention. It's all about the intention. If you go into it like I'm better than that person, I don't want them in my life anymore. Right, then that's a negative intention. It's uh, you know I have to be my number one priority, and I can only have people in my life who helped, who who helped build me up and bring value, and then I can bring value to them so that it's a it's a uh, it's it's a tit for tat. It's a um, you know oh, what's that word that everybody's using in politics right now? Um, Pretty quote. Prid quo pro. 
That just means, it, you know, it's just that you do this, I'll do this. You do me a favor, I'll do you a favor. And in life, we want people that can help us stand tall when we need that support because we want to do that for other people as well. Just make sure that you're not doing that for a, some toxic sludge person who's just dragging you backwards every time you try to take a step forwards. Hit me up, social media. Much love. Has always the power of positive energy, release and flow. Until next week, take care of one another. Inclusive over exclusive every single time. Much love. Bye-bye.